Hello, welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching, and if you want more, please visit the YouTube channel or the website on www.halesowenapostolicchurch.org. I wonder when we decided to name our sermons. Did we do that from the start? Because I can't remember. I've been reading a small book, and that's where the name of this sermon comes from. I don't recommend this book. It's hard work, and I'm not certain the book deserves finishing. So the title is Your God is Too Small. I don't believe any, that anyone has ever at any ease facing what we refer to as life or death without some religious faith. The trouble is that not many people today have found a God big enough for their needs. We worship all sorts of gods. We probably don't realise that we hold our material things higher than God. The latest car, the biggest house, the most expensive watch, our mobile phone. We can't do without them, but we suffer God. A child at Sunday school has a completely different view of God than an adult within the same congregation. Whilst our views of life on earth continue to expand by new discoveries, our horizons are enlarged nearly daily, but our, God is, our view of God is static. He only exists in the Bible or on the tongue of the pastor. Is this a view that others outside the church see? Many Christians are intelligent not immature in any way, and they might hold down a view of God that outsiders cannot imagine, often drawn from their own life experiences. We know that he is much more complex and larger than the, the snapshot we originally held before we were Christians. Many people around us, Christians, have no faith in the Lord at all, and perhaps an inner sense of they couldn't care less, they couldn't care less attitude not because they are wicked or evil but because they haven't found him nothing is big enough for, to fit into their world to command the admiration and respect that we christians hold our god these people have not found a god big enough for their needs this modern world full of science breakthroughs leaves them feeling unloved and helpless in a world that they think is uncaring we can perhaps remember how we were before Jesus called us to be with him, the sins that we committed without thought, our attitude to others, how we use people, how we weren't bothered if it hurt them. Yet we know now our God is with us all the time. He was with us when we were ignoring him. It stands to reason he is with them too but they don't recognize his presence nor even welcome it. So how do we get through this barrier that they have constructed? How do we explain our God is magnificent, huge, all powerful and encompassing? Nearly all of us in this church and others viewing on Zoom have tried to get the message across to those who are lost, alone and in the dark. Be it our families, our friends, workmates, it matters not, but the results are bleak. 
Just occasionally they show an interest, but we owe it to our God to continue. God is always there. There have been many powerful men in, in history, ruling various parts of this world. Nebuchadnezzar, Caesar, Napoleon, Hitler, all powerful at their time. Each of them ascended into power, but it was all too brief and they were brought down by other men. God is always there, the Most High. God's reign is endless. Emperors and dictators have all fallen, and God is still all-powerful, and he remains with us. We build up earthly icons, politicians, scholars, rock stars, the founding members of, members of the latest internet wonder, Facebook, Amazon, Twitter, where, our, where we all think they are important, whilst all time God sits quietly on his throne. Many non-Christians don't even think of him, yet God can be the ruler of our hearts and the director of our lives. Col Colossians 3, 15 and 17. Let the peace of God rule your hearts, to which we also, yea, are called in one body, and be thankful. And verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God and the Father by him. The God of the Bible is your Lord. Do you recognize this God as your God? The Lord of your life. Are you tied inexplicably to him? Do you revel in his majesty? Do you spend your time solely for his glory and praise? He is the Lord of the universe. He deserves nothing less than our complete devotion. Deuteronomy 6.45 The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Which means there is only one God our Lord. The God of the Bible is our sovereign Lord and has control over all the heaven and all the earth. He demands our love, worship and devotion and serving any other God, including your own thoughts, aspirations or loves, is going against your God, the God of creation, and you will be doomed to failure and you are at risk of being placed in the hands of Satan by your own actions. To many people, conscience is almost all they have by way of acknowledging God. That still small voice which makes them feel guilty and unhappy before, during or after any wrongdoing. This to some extent controls their conduct in society. If you are lucky and were brought up by a kind and loving parental father, all is well. But if you are frightened of your parental father, the chances are that the world father in heaven might bring a loathing or even hatred of that figure. Christ taught his disciples to regard God as their father in heaven. As disciples we are his children and we are the prodigal sons mentioned in the Bible. We are told that the heavens will rejoice as we turn to God as the son has returned to his father.
Luke 15, 7. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. All early Christians were drawn from the ranks of the sinners. They knew they were sinners, but with the love of Jesus, they changed. They were born again and took on the Holy Spirit, went and preached and healed and drove out evil spirits and ultimately were martyred for their belief in the Lord Jesus. The Lord our God is everywhere. Genesis 28:16. Jacob ran away from his brother Esau's anger and he ran into the desert and fell asleep on a stone pillar. He dreamt about heaven and angels and the promise of God's presence. When he woke, he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Whenever you feel distant from God, you can say, the Lord is in this place and ask God to make his presence known to you. He loves to hear you say words like that. Can the God who is responsible for the vastness of the universe be possibly interested in you? Interested in your lives? Does he know about you? Matthew 10.30 Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. Jesus was talking to his disciples then. Their Lord and Master, he was talking with love and affection. He talked to them not as their superior, but as one of them, full of tenderness and love. He hid nothing from them, assuring them that if it was not so, he would have told them. That's John 14, 2. Man is a worshipping animal. If he doesn't have a God, he makes his own. His country, success, efficiency, money, glamour, power. They don't call these gods, but they command the man's devotion. Devotion which should be given to the Lord God Almighty. It is only when that man discovers the real world, the real God, the real Lord, that he is saved. 1 John 1-3 Here the disciple John lays out historical truth of the life of Jesus, which he personally witnessed, and it was his mission to save others. 1 John 1, 6 and 7 tells us that we cannot have fellowship with Jesus and walk in darkness, which is sin. You cannot commit sin and still not belong to Jesus. We have been called into the light and the blood of Jesus Christ has taken away our sin. And in 1 John 3:18, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Do you give God your leftovers? Malachi 1, 6 to 8. Here Malachi rebukes the Israelis for sacrificing blind, lame or diseased lambs to the Lord when they had strong stock, stock that they could offer. In verse 10 he said that the Lord was not pleased with this and in verse 14 he tells them they are keeping the best back in their flocks. Are you doing that? Are you not giving what you should be giving to the Lord? Are you keeping it back for your family? For your well-being? 
it is tempting to give others your leftovers, including our Lord. And in return, we are expecting thanks and blessings for our sacrifice. What sacrifice are crumbs? We give our crumbs, consider what the Lord has done for you. Surely we should be giving our very best. Giving crumbs is showing disrespect to our Lord, our God. And we are performing a ritual rather than showering him with his honour he deserves. Our Lord Jesus has no quarrel with his flock. They often wonder for him. His spirit is grieved, but he does not allow their faults to affect his love for them. He will nudge you to try and correct your wandering, as any shepherd will do. It is his love for us that makes him that way. He doesn't remember your mistakes. He doesn't harbour lists of bad thoughts about you. He forgives and loves as us the same as before. He has promised to forgive us and never breaks a promise. Some of you might know that I have experience of sheep. I had a small flock of sheep. One day I'll tell you of how I brought them back to uh, my father's house in the back of my car and the result of that. But I will tell you the sheep are completely brainless completely you open the gate and they just scatter they go in all different directions and it's always the bit of grass the other side of the fence that attracts them they'll go up to the fence they'll put their head through to get to the grass but they can't pull their head back because it touches the fence touches their their ears so they stand there for hours until you walk in front of them and panic them away from it. They are useless and that's us. We are useless without a shepherd. I have never done as they do in the, in the Middle East, walk in front of the sheep. I've always driven them from behind um, with, with one of my dogs. And that's the way I did it. But sheep are completely brainless. Take it from me. Our Lord knows us too well. We are fickle sheep. He doesn't take offense of our mistakes. Jesus has worn our love and we conquer because of him. We can throw down the darkness and win sinners, convert whole countries. God is with us. No one can stand against us. Sing his praises, my brothers and sisters, and go out and do battle in his name, the holy name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We live on God's mercy. In the first song that we had today, Heart the Herald Angels Sing, there's a line of meek and mild. Mercy isn't meek and mild. It's huge. And the, the expression meek and mild was only added by the hymsters in days gone past when they couldn't find a word to rhyme with child. So they use the word mild and it's stuck and it keeps coming up as mercy, meek and mild. It is not meek or mild. It's all encompassing. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given to you. St Cross Hospital in Winchester 
the oldest almshouse in England and is still in existence. It was founded in 1132 by Bishop Henry of Blois. It is perhaps the oldest charity in the country. Blois is actually a city in France. But in that time he was over and there was a big um, disruption to civil war perhaps in this country and there a lot of people in this area of Winchester were starving. And he was walking down by the river one day and a young girl asked him for some bread. And he carried on walking and he found an old disused chapel and he decided to build an almshouse there. An almshouse is where people come and get arms, uh, bread and ale in this occasion. Um, and it was designed so that uh, a refuge for 13 men who couldn't work, were too ill to work, and perhaps a hundred people a day would come daily and get a piece of bread, a portion of bread and some ale. I presume it was a pint, but it doesn't actually tell you that. Um, it was on the pilgrims route to Canterbury, so plenty of people came past it. Um, it's, uh, it's now, it's still being used by the brothers, and there's 25 of them live there. And if you merely knock at Mercy's door, we get sustenance. The door is unlocked and the key is kindness. The God of Mercy, whose door it is, is always at home. This is a grade one listed building, and you would think that they don't encourage people to come to it. Totally wrong. It's open to the public. It costs you four pound a day to go to it. And it, you can see what is a grade one listed Norman and Tudor building. It was described in the thousand churches of England, thousand best churches of England, as a cathedral in miniature. I can't wait to go and see it. It really stirred me up to go and see it and see how, uh, how it goes about. God has given you everything you have now. And Paul tells Timothy his aid to tell others. In 1 Timothy 6 verses 7 to 8. We brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. And John 15, 16, ye have not chosen me, I have chosen you. 1 Peter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness, again darkness, sin, and into his marvellous light. You are a child of heaven. Jesus knows your name. He pulls you from darkness into his glorious light. He rescued you when your hope was dead. You are chosen, forgiven and made holy. Psalm 100 verse 3. He made us. We are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Once again, we're sheep. He is a big, big God. Deuteronomy 
6 verse 5 and them shalt love the the lord thy god with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might and colossians 3:23 and whatsoever ye do do it heartily and as to the lord and not unto men psalm 16:11 Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there are pleasures for evermore. And I shall finish with a verse from Revelation, chapter 1. Here on the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come the Almighty. Amen. Thank you.